Hey guys, welcome back to American Born Confused AC. As usual, I'm one of your co-hosts, Krishna Hajari. And I'm your other co-host, Jessica Benega. We welcome back our special our special guest this week, a Tamil act, uh, American activist, Harini. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay. Hi, Krishna, Jessna, and City listeners. My name is Harini, but I go by Rini. I live in Seattle, and I just finished up grad school at UW. Let's see. I love bouldering, creating random but meaningful content. I have a ton of extroverted energy, which is why my social media is the way it is. It's pretty hard to describe. And I also feel like there are a bunch of ways to tell my story because I grew up on the East Coast but moved to India when I was 13 and came back to America as an adult. So it's been a roller coaster, but I'm super excited about where I am today. And Thank you for having me on your podcast today. Thank you so much for coming on. So to break the ice between all of us, we just want to start off with a get to know you question. So if you could visit any place for vacation for a year, where would it be? So I'm going to go ahead and start. I would love to go to Spain. I've been there before, but it was only just like a drop by for a cruise. So we were barely there for a day. I would love to go there again and visit all the amazing boutique hotels and have gelato and all the amazing food. So what about you just now personally i want to go to london because i know people say it's always like rainy and it's always gloomy there it's not that nice mm-hmm. but i personally love the rainy weather especially when you're in like in a high a place in like a hotel and yeah you look out the window and like the view it's just like a nice <laughs> feeling to it yeah How about you? Rainy. um i I would love to visit Taiwan, which is a tiny island country in the Pacific Ocean. I just made so many Taiwanese friends in the last year, and they're always talking about the food and the landscape and just the lifestyle that I really want to try experiencing at some point in my life. (laughs) Sounds amazing. Yeah, that sounds nice. So moving into the questions, the first question is, seeing you as a social justice advocate, what prevalent issues do you find that affects you the most? Okay, well, I think all the social issues we face um, perpetuate harm, especially on socially disadvantaged communities, and I currently work in education equity, and it's just been so important to me to help mold the future generation, and just believing that all young people, regardless of race, gender, situation, economic situation, their ability... Um, physical ability they mm-hmm. all deserve to be seen heard and celebrated supported for all that they are in the world and I think there's just so much potential for youth empowerment um, but why I think social justice became a big part of who I am is adulting in America exposed me to like systemic issues that I was so oblivious to as a kid I was just any other kid I was like oh we're all the same but then I came back and I'm like wait wait a minute we're not all the same and I think I think it just really drove me to learn more about the topics I care about school grad school has helped me get the language and tools to actually address these issues and I think it starts with just explicitly naming the problem that um, yeah capitalism and white supremacy for what it is as well as calling in folks to come together in solidarity and unpack and redesign new systems for all of us. 
I feel like that's really important because now some people might say that like we should just ignore all the issues and pretend we all look the same uh, color I'm blind to color like I feel like that's just in a really ob oblivious way to think because though that sounds like the more peaceful route and just like it would be a lot easier to just disregard everything and just live a happy life but living a happy life doesn't always mean just like disregarding everything that means what it means to be a color of person or be a person in this environment that we live in so i feel like it's really important like what you're saying is to acknowledge the color that we are and our people and our friends where we live and just take that into consideration and actually acknowledge people for who they are and respect them for it no yeah exactly i agree with what you said Rania, about stating the problem is the first way to like solving the issue because many people don't accept that there is an issue in the world so they just mm -hmm. pass along if they know that's not something and they go on and yeah. just live on with their lives but as they acknowledge the issue more people are aware of what's going on in the world and they take a stand and take like okay no that is an issue we need to solve that issue and create more awareness on that so more people will know what to do to fight for justice in this world mm -hmm. Yeah, if you think about it, that's kind of what our parents' generation did, too. Right? Yeah. Their intergenerational trauma is just sort of assimilating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you mentioned you're in Seattle. So do you have a favorite thing about living there? Um, I love everything about the city, <laughs> except for the mild weather and the dark winters. So the mm -hmm. weather is something I'm trying to get used to. But it's been, it's been amazing living so close to water, the forest, yeah. and just people. I've loved living in cities um i thrive off the energy it makes me miss living in chennai yeah no um my dad used to have, grew up in chennai actually so we always visit there when we go to india so he loves the culture then we love the food and cuisine mm -hmm. and like my aunt and uncle it's so vibrant <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly like, the culture there is awesome like they're just so free there's nothing like argumentative type of things mm -hmm. so like i personally love that place as well i totally agree on like thriving completely on the bustle and the people in a city any city all over the world there's just something about that energy that makes you feel like you're doing something really important and you're in a movie or something i absolutely love that feeling i i low-key want to live in new york exactly just, just the dream like i was in a movie <laughs> the next question actually is what do you hope to pursue in the future I don't, I don't really know. To be honest, I don't know. Who knows? But I feel like that's always just been something that I've struggled with as mm -hmm. an 18-year-old just tell, asking me what I want to do with the rest of my yeah. life. I feel like I've never equipped to answer that question no matter what stage I'm at. But I like where I am and I like what I'm doing. So as long as I'm surrounded with purpose, I feel like it, I'll figure it out. Yeah. Uh, I like that train of thought just like whatever the wind throws at me I'm gonna take it and just kind of go with the flow I love that <laughs> just so like you're living it with life by yeah. life and mm -hmm. you're just like living it and breathing the life cause I feel like a lot of kids yeah, is... I've learned to not have expectations <laughs> that's a smart way of living that's a really smart way because I feel like a lot of kids they're constantly asked like what do you want to do when you grow up what do you what are your plans after college what do you what, where do you want to go for college and I feel like it's just like whatever happens happens I'll follow the plan like why don't we just live one day oh, yeah. at a moment why does it have to be like I need to know everything that I'm going to do for the next 35 years of my life like oh right that has been the theme of my life I never expected to move to India mm -hmm. I never expected to take an undergrad that I would be doing nothing related to now so I just <laughs> 
All right. So kind of switching the topics, do you think pronouns are important? And if so, why are they important to you? Um, so I think more than it being about me, I mm-hmm. feel like respecting lived experiences is what it's all about. And yeah. We, um, or, or me, I can only speak on behalf of myself, come from a place of privilege where my gender matches the gender that I was born with. So to be able to ex- explicitly express that, I think, is just giving people space to do the same because they actually have to. We don't have to, but to make it the norm just makes things more accessible and inclusive for everybody. So mm-hmm. I've just learned a lot having a roommate who's a social worker and coming in contact with a lot of different communities. It's just been important to make people feel like they can be their most authentic selves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, at the beginning of quarantine, I know that pronouns were like this big um, conflicting issue. Is like, why people, why do they need pronouns? Why do we need this type of thing? Why do you want to be called this? Why do you want to be called that? Like, there's all this big controversy that was going on. Then as like quarantine went through, a lot of people learned what was the point of it, what it meant to each other. Yeah. Whether, mm-hmm. How it affected them personally, like not being called the way that they wished to be. So I feel like more people learned on it and then learned like, the significance of what it means. Like, I don't like, the like, people yeah. are, they're like saying, I don't like being called she or he. And they're mm-hmm. like, okay, I want to be called something else. And people are like, why? But they learn, like, that's a specific, that's how they prefer to be called. That's their yeah. pronoun. That's how they mm-hmm. wish to live. So I feel like people are learning them and like are growing as a person and yeah. they adjust to society now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like it kind of like when pronouns started becoming a little bit more relevant and more useful in like the day-to-day society I just kind of saw it in people's Instagram bios and I was very oblivious to it I didn't really understand why people needed more pronouns than we already had or why it made them more comfortable to be called certain things as opposed to like the English dictionary of what we're supposed to do he she they them but I kind of understood more that like I've always kind of lived like whatever you think however you feel most important however you feel most beautiful just run with that like that's so important about freedom just however you feel the most you just go with it because no one's here to judge you that's the most important thing you are you're always going to be the person that judges you the most so just kind of roll with whatever you feel most comfortable in and I feel like if that we if you feel more comfortable calling they them he she whatever pronoun makes you feel like you then we'll go follow along we'll just be there for for you whatever you need yeah it's like and we'll set the example exactly by doing it first mm-hmm. yeah. and i love what josna said about just the education part of it I yeah just, a lot of people don't know and we just exactly talk about it more exactly so moving on what do you think you have learned from the most since college began and if any life skills or advice did you gain um okay <laughs> well i took i did college in India so you can't change your major (laughs) and I did architecture for five years wow Um, and I knew I wasn't gonna be an architect but I think just making sure that I knew that anything you learn in college is a transferable skill anything that you do is going to help you at some point in your life was what kept me on track so whether that was like a group, group project or just design in general I felt like always applying it to different parts of my life was important and just telling myself if I'm able to switch careers like that, I can do anything and just 
sort of grounding myself in the idea that, okay, you're learning, but you can always learn more. Yeah. Yeah, that's really smart. My parents always told me, do whatever you want, but also don't limit yourself. You can always mm-hmm. learn additional things to it. Like in college, you're doing something, yeah. go ahead and do it. But on the side, if you feel like you want to learn more, go ahead. Because you'll just yeah. be in your mind. And you'll be more like aware yourself of the world, not just keeping yourself limited to one thing only. Exactly. So I think that's a really smart way to go through. Yeah, I feel like, I think we've talked about this in a previous episode where don't put your eggs in all in one basket, like give everything that you've got into one thing because it might not pan out the way you want to and like you said that you just shouldn't go into things with expectations, which I know I probably have said that so many times, but I feel like we all do it. I go in with the highest expectations for the smallest things, like if my friends are hanging out, if I go to school, if we have a school project, if I'm going to watch a movie, I go in with the biggest and highest expectations ever and then I'm always constantly let down even if I had a good time so I feel like it's so important not to put all your eggs in one basket and kind of just see where it goes throw a little bit of yourself into all of your interests and maybe you'll find something along the way yeah yeah that's you'll, you'll combine it all yeah use you'll, everything you'll be unique because of that combination exactly that's what makes you complex so where do you hope to take your Instagram so, uh, account Okay, so I <laughs> I only recently went public. I think um, it was before grad school because I was going to pursue a communications career, and I was like, okay, well, I should understand the platforms a little better and take myself as a business account, see what it's all about. Mm-hmm. So I would help, like, brands or organizations one day. That was the idea. But then I guess it really just helped me be myself more. And yeah talk to people and own the space for everything I am which is complicated I'm a very layered person and I like to have a space to just talk about it Mm -hmm. um and it really helped during quarantine because I felt like I had people with me and um just I think talking has just been the theme of the Instagram page and creating connections I love tagging creators and telling them how much I love their artwork and supporting people as much as I can on the platform Mm -hmm. but um I I just always wanted it to be about people and goofy and it's like there's nothing that ever has to be social media pretty on my feed yeah you come and you come as you are and you do what you gotta do so um I don't know where it's gonna go but I just hope to keep building online community because it just really makes me happy yeah yeah, um, personally, I admire, like, Instagrammers who share positivity through their um, yeah. content and always, like, hype up other people and sort of bring them down saying, oh, I don't like your stuff. I don't like how you look. Like, that type of negativity, I always, like, did not really admire that as much. And looking at your page, mm-hmm. it is full of positivity. It's so vibrant on, like, your content. It's not just focused on one thing. You're, like, broaden your content and make sure you, like, feel like everyone's heard through your content. And you don't, yeah. like, shade anything through it. You just... You don't filter what I'm saying. It's like you just go through it fully. Yeah. I love content. I admire it. Because not a lot of people do that. We, who are like high like influencers, they don't like do it full out through. They filter it a bit. Say, okay, I have to mm-hmm. act this way according to other people because that's how they want you to. And your content is not like that. You post what you want. You post what yeah. you feel. And that's important. Like to me at least, that's really important. 
Yeah, I absolutely just love your like yellow aesthetic and how fun and flirty and happy it is. Because like Justin has said, a lot of like Instagrammers, I actually do kind of like the shift that influencers have taken, making Instagram a more casual, environmentally like friendly sort of thing. Because before it was like, and I feel like it kind of still is on TikTok that you have to be like prim and perfect and everything has to be just really cut really nicely. And I just feel like that's not really the point of social media in my eyes. It should just be like you said come as you are you are amazing you are beautiful you are smart and just like share that it's just a fun platform and I totally agree like with the whole like quarantine hobby um Joseph and I started this podcast literally like three months into quarantine we needed something like we needed a vent and this has been so amazing and I can totally understand just having a place to like share all your thoughts and just having having that feeling that you have a community that like backs you and understands you and supports you I absolutely love that feeling yeah 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 the engagement is exactly you're not just talking into a void there are actually people listening yeah it's it's that feeling that everyone's hearing your thoughts Mm -hmm. is that comforting exactly so what kind of field or industry do you wish to pursue um so right now i'm in nonprofit communications and i i i guess when i school I always knew I wanted to do mission driven work whether that was government or nonprofit and figuring out a social cause was a whole thing I knew it had to be something about social justice but I think I was just annoyed with the adults creating all the problems so I decided to work with kids (laughs) but I think one day I would love to work in a more policy or government role because Mm -hmm. that's where I feel change is really at yeah start there and then we start with the systems and then we actually can get people what they actually need with the access and resources that they can get to actually thrive. I keep saying the word actually if you want to edit that out, that would be cool. But um, I guess that's a long-term plan uh, to work in government someday, but for now, just anything that has a mission-driven approach and with an equity lens Mm -hmm. is really important. No, exactly. I believe that at the government, that's where the change happens mm-hmm. because you can only do so much as a society. You can you can create organizations, clean up. You can always do something, but it can make only so much of a change. When you go yeah. to higher officials, government, that's where they implement the real things. Like yeah. ban of glittering, ban of it. There's always like the main for jurisdiction that happens there that only they can do. And yeah. You wanting to go there is like a big thing. That's like yeah, oh, go for you because not a lot of people have that like. Like, I can it's a little too ambitious. No, no, it's you so brave. Yeah. I can do it. And they just stuck themselves out. Like, no, no, no. And they just stay in a local business. You have that ambitious thing. You want to go somewhere. That's high. amazing. Having that hope. That is the biggest thing anyone can have to pursue something. Exactly. Limits their hopes and limits their beliefs and everything. Say, no, I think I'm just going to sell a city council. I'm just going to sell those. You want to go in a higher position? go like that's good for you i feel like that's a really big thing I to mean, do city council sounds good enough for yeah yeah i feel like a lot of people just always you constantly hear people posting on instagram and just saying in daily conversation that they want change they want people in government this and that but like that's so brave of you to actually want to do something with that take the power take the aspirations you have and the ideas you have and make something with it it's just more important than just being like i want change that can only go so far 
you actually have to make it happen in government and policy senate that's where it happens exactly yeah so there's so many issues we can start with like climate change to like everything. <laughs> there's a list to tick off we've just got many of them to go through <laughs> so we always ask our guests i'll just be like everybody submit their demands. yeah <laughs> we always ask our guests how do you think growing up a desi affected the way you are now Mm-hmm. So I was here till I was 13. It was a different kind of AC. Yeah. It was just the occasional trips to India, not really knowing culture for all that it was. Mm-hmm. And sort of growing up with kids who also grew up here, we're, we're still like half American, half Indian. But then the culture shock was actually living in India for 10 years. Yeah, and I can imagine. growing up with family and a new system, um... I think it's just taught me a lot about talking, dealing with people and like <laughs> how to meet people where they're at and talk to them on their level, wherever that may be. And just interaction and communication with more respect, but also empathy, because you don't always know what the other person knows and they don't always know what you know. And um, that, that's, that's a hard gap to bridge, especially with mm-hmm. culture. No, yeah, exactly. I feel like it might have been tough on you moving from America, it's a whole different culture, sight and everything, and then you just shifted to India, it's like a whole different thing. Like, personally, when I go visit there, it's like really different. Like, the customs that I'm used to, it's like a whole different thing. And like, the society in India itself is just different. Like, I'm not used to the loud noises at night, mm-hmm. nights. Like, yeah. Horns, I'm horns. Like, <laughs> people yelling, selling vegetables, and like, there's all this, like, this different society. Yeah. It's like, I, I love being on the society. I, if I wouldn't possibly live there because it would be hard to adjust it for me. But I would love to visit there like every couple months. I'd just stay there and come back. I would love that because I love their food. I love their culture. I love like the people in general. They're just so yeah. simple. And they're just like, they talk. It's not like anything. They don't filter themselves. They just tell you straight out and everything. I love that. They yeah. just are so homey. It's mm-hmm. like a culture welcoming you. And I personally just love India in general so I feel like in a way you gain a benefit like a lot of people wish to go there a lot of people like oh I want to visit India you live there so it's like you you like experience yeah. the whole way but also I feel like it was tough for you it, it was tough and sometimes we rethink what if that didn't happen what if I grew up here instead but instead of going to those places I always try to ground myself in gratitude mm-hmm. I got the best of both worlds I got to live both and now I can like rely on both sides of me yeah coming back here i've had to like reconnect with the american side of me but also make sure i have community get Mm -hmm. my thumbel songs in whenever i need to (laughs) just jam out to different types of music and i think growing up with two cultures is is hard so i i love that you have this podcast to talk about these exactly not everybody goes through Mm -hmm. it's like an outlet for anyone who wants to talk about exactly Because I feel like I can't even imagine the culture shock you must have experienced when you first got there. And I feel like that's exactly why we started this podcast is because we are all, we consider ourselves Indian. That's the color of our skin. That's where our parents are from. But then we, we grow up here, you know, this is what we know best. And it's the society where we feel probably most comfortable. You know, we listen to Bollywood songs. We watch the movies. We understand the languages. But this is where we call 
home. And that's why we created this podcast, because it's an outlet, you know, literally in the title, we're American born, but we're confused Daisies. We don't know how to blend those perfectly together and become a human being that is just using both sides of our world and not feeling like we're too whitewashed or we're like letting our Indian side take over and not fully injecting ourselves into the American society. It's just, it's an outlet, it's a blend and just come as we are and just be who we are and not let that over either side overtake us. I think the important part is knowing that you're not alone. Yeah, exactly. We need the community. You're navigating both worlds together and Mm -hmm. dealing with parental (laughs) people in your life who obviously have different opinions about everything sometimes. Yeah. (laughs) That's the point of this podcast. Exactly. So, what is something that your parents have instilled in you that you would like to share to the younger generation? Um... I think my parents have always encouraged me to be whoever I wanted to be, even though they probably had expectations for me. Um, I grew up in a family of engineers. Both my parents are engineers. My brother is probably going to become one, so I'm the oddball. (laughs) And in the beginning, it was like they wanted me to have a stable career and just figure out everything. But at the same time, they did want, they knew I was different. They knew that I had different interests and I was just this Mm -hmm. weird, extroverted, talking little kid (laughs) who would, like, stand up and be like, oh my gosh, look at me, I have something to say. (laughs) Um, So I think they recognized early on that I needed different kinds of outlets and energies. So uh, that that kind of support is something I, I never expected, but it's what has gotten me to where I am. So making sure that you find that support system and embrace who you are amidst feeling different. Mm -hmm. I think the feeling of belonging is so hard to find in the world, especially when you're double cultured. Yeah. At least having that at home was something that my parents really helped me with. So I I only hope that all basic kids get to have that, if not with their parents, at least with siblings. Yeah. because you're going through it together, it's meant so much to me growing up with a brother. So, um, just owning your entire self, that's what I would say. I'm not even joking, you literally described me <laughs> with the, the, my, my brother. All of them are like computer, like on the tech side, and I'm here just want to be a doctor. So it's like, I'm the oddball, and like I'm like the most talkative person in this house. Like, my mm-hmm. parents was like, oh my god, can you ever stop talking? Please! But like, do you have an off Because like, I'm like the talkative person. Like every single time I go to like an like a daycare, I'd be like the most talkative person. But then when I go to a family function, I'm like super quiet. Like I me, literally me. I'm like I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. So then I just go hide behind my mom. And I'm like I'm like an extrovert, but also an introvert. Exactly. But like I feel like it's good to choose your own path because my parents they always supported me since the beginning. Like Mm -hmm. I always since I was a kid, I was like I want to be a doctor. I don't want to be into a tech because like. Everyone in India, I know, like, is going in the tech field. It's like a generalized Indian thing. Everyone does that. I want yeah. to be kind of different. I want to create my own pathway and do something that makes me unique, you know? Let's tell them, like, mm-hmm. I don't want to be a tech person. I do not. Like, no matter what, but I will not. I would rather <laughs> Dr- drag you. Will like, I will do anything. And they're like, okay, fine. But they, and then they always told me this one advice. They're like, you want to do something be the best at that thing mm-hmm. like if you want to be a doctor try to be like the head surgeon or like try to be the head doctor where like they look over everyone and they make sure everything is going right 
Don't yeah. settle at the least thing you can be. The be best. Like just yeah. a general doctor. Don't be like, be the best you can. Because then that make you're really making a difference then. Mm-hmm. And I've always taken it into consideration. I'm like, if I want to be a doctor, I want to work at this big, like, like big hospital. And then I probably want to be like a head doctor there looking over everyone and making sure. Like, I always, like, it's, personally, I always like helping people, especially when they're injured or when they're like um, in need of something. I always like, I just like helping. So I feel like doctor really suits my personality in a way. Yeah. And, like, I understand there's like a lot of things to do there. Just thinking about it, I'm dreading it. And that's and everything. It's like disappointing. <laughs> Me sitting in the classroom, yeah. But at the end, it's just. Really it's going to be payoff. It's going to pay off. So, and the support that I have, it's truly like helpful. Like, the support I have for my parents, yeah. if I have that, I don't think I could be a doctor. I'd mm-hmm. probably just so to be a tech person. Them supporting me, knowing that I want to be a doctor, not something that they were. They're like, okay, you can be whatever you want. Yeah. They actually help me. Like, okay, they have faith in me. They have faith I can be something big. Something like they're not. I really, really have that like satisfaction, yeah. that comfort thing that I can do it. Yeah. I feel like it's always been a reoccurring yeah. theme for us to just draw your own path carve it out as you may just don't let anyone your parents your friends your family tell you like what is right for you where you need to go where you need to be like whatever you feel most comfortable doing and it's like it's even like a calling sometimes which i know a lot of people don't believe in like submental thoughts and like just having this like deep thought and deep feeling that this is the thing I meant to do for the rest of my life like I know you sound crazy saying something like that like I've known I wanted to be a doctor since I was five it's a thing I've I've known it my entire life but it's just it's this deep feeling it's also knowing that sometimes that takes longer than you think yeah you actually have to google it and see where it's gonna take me It's okay. It's okay to not know where things are headed. Exactly. Yeah. So one of the biggest issues going on in the world right now in India is the lack of oxygen tanks and vents and lack of bed for patients. Is there anything you have to say about this issue and has it affected you personally or anyone you know? Yeah, so living in India for 10 years means I've built so much community there. I have my extended family who I now have grown up with and all these friends that I have long-distance friendships with now. So hearing stories from them and personal stories of their families and the fear that goes on in their heads every day affects me here because I feel so helpless and um, I can only help them with emotional support. But I, I think more than the physical part of it being scared about getting COVID, it's the mental the mental stress that they go through yeah. every day that I wish that there was some way that I could help relieve. But all, all I can think of right now is the COVID relief that we can do from here with helping with access and resources and all that policy I was talking about <laughs> how America just comes back. This country. <laughs> Um, But if you do know people in India, I would just encourage uh, reaching out to them, asking Mm -hmm. how they're doing, like actually doing, and how they're getting through every day, because it's more than just survival, it's like calming down, and it's it's just, it feels like a dystopian movie sometimes, (laughs) and it's just really scary. Yeah. I want them to know that they're not alone. And and even though we're not going through what they're going through, we're with them, like our hearts are with them. Exactly. Like looking at like in the beginning, US was 
really bad, worse than everyone. And we were like dying here. We were just lack of resources and everything. Left and right, yeah. But then as time went on, India now is something so badly. And like, it hurts me because like my whole family it lives here practically. It's just hurting like my grandparents up there. And like, the main mm-hmm. thing that worries me the most is not about my errand, it's about the elder, elderly family that I have because yeah. they're like the most high risk they are. So like, yeah, that really stresses me out. Like, okay, if they even step out, like they might not even have to have contact. Anyone else who leaves, or anyone who drops off things to their house, they can get that through there. Mm-hmm. And it worries me. And like, the minute you step foot out of your house, you're risking yourself. The environment there is so bad. It's polluted. There's so much garbage everywhere that you can get corona through there. It's just horrifying that people. It's just the lack of instructions that they have there. They're not taking the precautions that are needed. That really worries me because. When people like elderly just go out for a breath and they're tired, they take off their mask. They can't even do that now because there's like 20 other people living there, not even in a six foot radius, yeah. or like a one inch radius. They're not even mm-hmm. maintaining that. Mm-hmm. And like mm-hmm. they don't even have that personal space as we do here. Yeah. I feel like if they yeah. implemented the regulations that we implemented here sooner, maybe they would have been better at the position that they are now because now people can't even get oxygen for their corona they can't even admit patients on and i heard on the news that people who are dying they don't have a place to place them they're like placing them on the side of the road yeah on the side it's it's absolutely horrible it's terrible like i personally wanted to go to india and this summer but we can't even do that because the amount of strain that they have there i'm worried that if i go there i'm risking myself my family i'm risking them even it's horrifying that they can't even go out for one second without the worry of saying okay i'm gonna get yeah. COVID, i'm gonna get virus it's just terrifying and the thing that they're doing they're not even taking precautions and saying you cannot leave your house you can't do this curfew they don't have a curfew set they recently set a curfew in some parts of india if they had done that like probably a couple months ago maybe the strain wouldn't have been as bad as it is now yeah but many people are dying and dying and like i'm pretty sure yeah. they exceeded the blesses limit now they yeah have been over it's just so terrifying just thinking about it yeah because we've i mean they have a huge population exactly we've always known that india's been congested and there's like so many people living in these tiny apartments and these tiny houses that are meant for what three people and there's like eight people living in them we've always known that it's just really cramped out there but you know that's kind of what made india india but and that's kind of like the way that we see it but now it's coming to a point where it's unsafe and these regulations aren't like they aren't kicking in and people are are affected every single day they're being put at risk every single day and it's just it's hard to see stuff like that on the news because they're family they look like us we're like we're eternally connected to them and that we can't do anything it's not like we can just fly over there and you know start helping out start helping people the most that we can do is put an instagram post tell our friends donate money that's the farthest it goes for us yeah, so exactly. just kind of feeling like right. helpless. Again, you bring up a good point. Yeah. It's all systemic issues. With exactly. Healthcare and politics and just mm-hmm. why things are happening. It's all rooted back to that. Power. So yeah. It is exactly. Mm-hmm. I feel like the most we can do is to support emotionally. Yeah, just, like Karini said. Mm-hmm. Yes, like Karini had mentioned, just call them, make sure they are doing okay. Yeah. Emotionally, physically, just make sure that they're okay because you never know what's going to happen. Just a couple months. Mm-hmm. It can be drastic there. You can't even talk. Yeah. It's, make sure you reach out to your loved ones. I gotta say. Yeah. So moving on, on a lighter note, what is the best life lesson you will take with you? Oh my gosh. <laughs> this is like 
um, I don't want to repeat any themes, but I think it's, oh, wow, how much time do I have to think? <laughs> <laughs> Just anything that you, like, you think of daily that, like, any sort of theme that pops into your head every single day that kind of just reminds you who you are and the way you live your life? It just keeps you going. Yeah. I think it, I would just go back to it took me a long time to accept who I was. It took me a, mm-hmm. a while. I always felt like I had to fit in or make myself belong. When I first moved to India, I code switched for like a whole, I mean, I can code switch now, but I like intentionally code switched the first year I was there to fit in so I wouldn't be like the foreign return. <laughs> and I, I but I, it, that did help me like learn the language better and I watched a bunch of Tamil movies so that's why I can speak pretty local Tamil but um I think it took me a while to just bring myself whoever I was to every space that I occupy and just take up space and feel okay about that and here I think social identity is is a big deal when you talk about race or gender and growing up as a woman in India taught me a lot about how we must protect ourselves and how we have to actually appear in society to be stronger and more empowered. So I think just making sure that you're loud and proud about who you are is something that I will take with me and feeling like I don't need to please the people around me or compromise on myself and my integrity um, and making sure that I'm able to own the things I love, own the people I love, and exist. <laughs> but not only just exist, but also, like, live. <laughs> no, that's, that's really good, actually. Yeah. So, kind of just to wrap up the episode, is there anything that you'd personally like to share with our followers? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I... Who have you noticed listens to your podcast? Um, we don't have an exact like demographic on. Yeah, we have like a range of how females listen to it. Yeah, we know that oddly enough, we are both um not even sixteen yet, and our demographic is eighteen to twenty five, which I find is really odd. No one our age is really listening. Yeah. It's kind of older than us, which yeah. I find odd. We just get them. So I mean, I mean, it's a good. I'll yes. take them as they are, like you said. Take them as they are. Yeah. <laughs> Just wondering how we relate to them. Yeah, how we relate to them, I, I don't know. Well, I fall under that demographic. <laughs> there you go. I think it's that phase of our life where it actually hits. It hits you yeah. where you realize who you are in the world and mm-hmm. your positionality. And I think with everything going on, just navigating identity as an Asian American and understanding yeah. that it's a huge diaspora and then like <laughs> Indian is a part of it but then Indians are like 29 states each one like its own little country yeah sometimes I can't relate to another Indian because like I'm South Indian and that's completely different from someone who lives in North India yeah so navigating identity is probably why you have <laughs> that demographic because we're all just trying to get answers yeah and sometimes you don't always get that from family and friends Mm -hmm. and you really just have to sit and think about it or listen to a really cool podcast (laughs) (laughs) thank you thank you um but yeah i i don't think i have anything specific to share with them but just 
take it easy on yourself and there you go that's good mental health first (laughs) (laughs) and take care of yourself before you think of all these societal factors and the people that affect your life because you're the one who decides what you get to do yep well guys it's time to wrap up the episode thank you so much for coming on harini um for joining us and all and we had a blast all right. Be sure to follow us on all of our social medias, including American Born Confused Daisy with periods between each word and our personal accounts, which are linked in our bio. Emails with any suggestions or feedback concerning our opinions and tell us who or what you would like us to talk about. And we love to hear your input and we become a part of our community. Harini, if you also like to shout out your social so we can our followers can follow you. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> There's nothing... Of particular value, but if you would like to hear me blabber on or just <laughs> be a part of this energy that you were a part of today, I'm Smarty Marty with three Y's on Instagram. My YouTube is kind of dead right now, so Instagram works. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just so glad that I got a chance to talk to both of you and be a part of the community you've created. Thank you. Thank so you much so much for coming on. Hope you guys can find her on Instagram. Be sure to follow her. And we love you guys so much. Stay safe. Have a great day. And be sure to tune in next week. Bye.